Oh, hi. I clicked record before I was ready. Um, good morning. It's Friday. I am uh, dreading starting work today. I can't believe that in uh, like 30 minutes I'm supposed to be teaching and I'm not ready, but it's Friday. We're going to play a vocabulary game that I have yet to make, um, but that's okay. Um, I'm drinking my hot beverage this morning, a cup of dandy blend. I slept amazing last night, also not trying to convince people to go caffeine-free, but I mean, I slept through the night with vivid dreams that were, I don't want to, I want to keep this PG, but the dreams were, let's just say, um, uh, fantastic. <laughs> um, so, and that's, I've read that, that when you quit caffeine, your dreams become much more vivid. And they're just like beautiful and like high definition. Um, I don't always remember all of them, but that's okay. Um, so I want to talk about my last therapy session because I think it's um, great therapy that I've had. And I guess me talking about it is going to help me process it a bit more and maybe it'll help you in return. But, um, oh, sorry, wrong page. So I sit with my notebook and I write this stuff down um, because I, you know, therapy is expensive. Um, but I mentioned how I keep having flashbacks of certain things with my past relationship. Um, one heartbreaking one that pops up probably the most frequently is when my ex and I had the final, I guess, goodbye. Um, he said, well, do you want a hug? And I didn't know the answer, yes or no, so I just hugged him, and we both had a good cry. And, or before that, oh, I didn't need to share that embarrassing part. <laughs> no, it's not embarrassing, just honest. Uh, the flashback basically is focusing on him taking my house key off of his key ring and putting it on the ledge by the door. And I mean, there are some things that are just like cliche and look like they'd be in a cheesy movie, but sometimes they're cliche because they're true. And that's what that moment was like. This is like a sad movie. I can't believe he's taking my key off his ring and he's just putting it on the ledge. Um, and so I mentioned that to my therapist and she mentioned that with trauma and PTSD symptoms, um, things like flashbacks and hypervigilance are, um, it's our brain processing the trauma. And a lot of times the way we process it, we don't enjoy it, but that's just what our brain does. Um, and so that was comforting to me, like, oh, okay, my brain is supposed to be making this, like, beeping noise. It's supposed to be, you know, doing the thing it's doing, even though I don't like it. I'm picturing kind of like you have this electronic device in your house that's covered in bells and whistles, and it just, like, it's an alarm, and it rings, and someone comes over to my house, and they're like, why do you have that? And I'm like, oh, no, that's just, like, what it does, <laughs> Um, and then we talked about, um, 
Oh, she said part of the healing, parts of the healing process are not pleasant. I wrote that down. And then um, our brains are just working to find patterns and symbols and to um, protect us. So that's what it's doing for me. And then she mentioned the stages of grief and we had a great conversation about it. And what's funny is I took psych classes in college. I, I took more than psych 101. And like, I know these things. I wish I paid much closer attention. It would have helped me, but she held my hand through the stages of grief. Um, and we talked about it through the lens of my grief with my breakup. And so the stages are denial, bargaining, sadness, anger, acceptance. And she said a newer one that she's fond of is make meaning. So you make meaning from the situation. Um, and what really impressed me about this conversation that helped me the most is that when you're in sadness or anger, you're not inspired or motivated uh, towards acceptance. And so you look at it as a list and you think like, oh, this is a linear journey. First, you're going to be sad, then angry, and then you're accept you're going to be in acceptance. And I get when I'm sad or angry, I'm so, it's like an extra layer of being pissed off that I'm not in acceptance. And she said like, when you're in sadness or anger, you don't want acceptance. So that helped me tremendously. It kind of like normalized it. And she said that we bounce around between them, which, I mean, obviously that's logical. But she also said people think acceptance is the destination, and it's not. It can't be. But um, when you kind of take a step back and look at how you've been living, you have moments of acceptance. You have moments where you are accepting the present moment and you're okay. And that blew my mind. Like there are so many times when I'm not grieving this process and like acceptance is kind of on the forefront. Um, so, oh, and she said, um, circling back to sadness or anger doesn't negate the former moments of acceptance, which is I'm guilty of. I'll think like something will trigger the key memory and I'll think, oh no, I'm back to square one. I'm still not over this. That's not true. I've had moments of acceptance and I will again in the future. Um, oh, and then I think the last thing I can say about this fantastic therapy session, um, she said, um, a lot of times the anger will come up to protect us from sadness. That you guys, are you, or you, um, what's a, what's a gen, non-gendered term that I want to use? Friends. Friends, are you hearing that? That um, shook me to my core that the anger is there to protect us from sadness. And these are all things, again, that I picture in movies um, that are kind of cheesy scenes. Like, you're not angry. What are you sad about? And then the angry person is screaming and then they break down crying. But that's kind of true. So um, 
there's that to think about a little bit. Okay, um, my mood has been horrible because it hasn't been Friday, and I can imagine that that's the variable because it's Friday, and I'm so much happier now. Woohoo! Um, okay, I think I covered what I wanted to cover, and I'm going to take a deep breath, and then I'll be right back. Okay, that um, deep breath turned into me being late for class, and so I just had to teach a lesson. And um, during this time, I have to say a lot of great things happened. Holly Whitaker shared my post. Um, She commented on it, and that just thrills me because it makes me think that I'm on the right track. I'm hanging out with the right people. Um, There are people who get it, and people who don't. And my entire life, I've always thought, like, I get it. Like, I don't know. I just always have a sense of what's going on, and I understand what's important and what's not. And for a big chunk of my life, I thought it was, like, being kind of, like, sarcastic and snarky meant that you get it. Do you remember the show on on MTV called Daria? I was like, Daria gets it. Um, But... I think it's more than that. And so that was really thrilling that Holly commented and shared my post. And then Georgia and Pennsylvania have flipped blue. (laughs) This could be a really great Friday. I hope we can keep up this momentum. Um, And it's just, you know, much needed news. Okay. Um... So yeah, I was really bummed this morning. I mean, more than one person has said, don't scroll first thing in the morning on your phone. And I ignore that advice. And when I saw Ellen DeGeneres' last minute costume bits, I thought, oh, this will be funny. This is a nice way to start my day. And the first costume is this first grader in a box made to look like a Zoom call. And it's super cute. It's adorable. And like she's wearing like professional, like a cute little sweater with pearls. And then the joke is that her legs are pajama pants. And then I I cannot tell you how much I knew what was coming next. But Ellen just reaches for a little grabber and she says, the only thing your costume needs is this. And before she pulls out the glass of red wine. I knew it was going to be a glass of red wine. Um, So that really bummed me out. And so I made it a post. And in my mind, I think if enough, if enough people tag her in it and comment on it, I just love the image of some intern who's in charge of social media being like, um, we don't know what to make of this one post. It's like, It's about the alcohol thing. Like, people are upset about it. I don't know, but, like, I just love the idea that somewhat of a dent could be put into, like, what's going on at the Ellen DeGeneres show. But um, I just love the idea that we have that power, and we certainly do. Because think about how much we check our phones. We check 
the likes and the comments and we're refreshing the electoral college map like it's our full-time job. Some of us are. I'm kind of still pretty calm about not doing that. So you know if people have this job at the Ellen DeGeneres show of like controlling the image and the brand and the content online, someone's going to see it. So um, if you haven't, please check out my Instagram post about the Ellen DeGeneres show and tag her in the comments and tell her how you feel. Um, or don't, you know, I mean, I'm not too attached to changing the Ellen DeGeneres show because I'm focused on me, but, um, yeah, we can still speak up. Um, it's not my job to manage the Ellen DeGeneres show. They don't pay me for that. Um, but how cool would that be? What if I got a job at the Ellen DeGeneres show as like the the sober judge (laughs) and I just got paid to sit in the writer's room and whenever they want to use alcohol as a punchline I can come up with something better or just say like no that's you can't you shouldn't say that that's harmful okay I have another class in 11 minutes and thank you for listening I'll talk to you again on Monday I love you be safe this weekend take care of yourself drink water And um, go outside if it's nice out. All right. I love you. Goodbye.